a playlist original. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to kind of a special edition of Back to the Blockbuster. We're just going to give you our uh, reactions to the Golden Globe nominations. So this is our, this is our first ever uh, uh, mini episode, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what right. which one I call it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just the Golden Globes. I know we said that we were going to throw it in front of Home Alone, but Jackson uh, actually was like, Whoever wants to hear the nominations would just want to hear that. And whoever just wants to hear us talk about Home Alone would just want to hear that. So instead of cramming them into one episode, they are going to be separate. And we're just going to have a quick little uh, rundown of today's nominations, which I guess mostly went as we kind of thought they would. I a couple agree, of like, yeah. A couple of little things. Uh, uh, you know, I have a couple of questions, again, about like what's considered <laughs> to them a, co a comedy and not, but uh, agree. But that's been the case that. for a while now. It's just odd choosing, but no major yeah. surprises uh, or snubs. At least I didn't think so. But that might change as we go through them and see what we have to say. There's a lot of movies coming out in 2023, and I know, and there's not room for all of them. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but uh, do you want to? You want to read off first? Or you wanna, yeah, you sure thing. Off? Uh, with okay. our first category, uh, no surprise, starting there with Best Motion Picture Drama, the nominees, uh, there are six. And actually, before we get going, is that always the case? I was expecting five. I thought there were five. I, I've okay, always thought so there I'm were not five. alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There seems to be six for a lot of the categories. And with Best uh, Motion Picture Drama, it's Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, your usual suspects up there. We got Maestro, uh, uh, we got Past Lives in A24, and another A24, The Zone of Interest which I was personally surprised to see. And then anatomy of a fall to another foreign, like two foreign language, three foreign films, language yeah. <laughs> films in the best uh, motion picture drama category. Well, I am. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say there's no surprises, but that zone of interest kind of came out of nowhere for me the other day, I guess. So yeah. Or yesterday. Uh, Jonathan Glazer's next movie. And now I need to see it because uh, now everyone's talking about it. And I'm sure <laughs> I'm guessing it might be a big, Oscar contender now. Um, it's got like a 93 I, and, Metacritic score yeah. right now. So, and maybe it was the whole time, and I just wasn't paying attention. To, you know, <laughs> well, it, he comes uh, off existing. a yeah, Jonathan Glazer coming off a 10 year hiatus after Under the Skin with this. So, I think it's safe to say this is uh, very much anticipated now, and looks like it's uh, got some love from the Golden Globes now. Yep, the Hollywood Foreign Press loved it, and um, I'm I saw on I saw online that uh, a lot of people were like i'm glad that they felt that they could actually nominate more than one foreign language film yeah uh, in, in a major category in, in, <laughs> in a major category so like so good for them um there was also um there are some people there are some haters of past lives on twitter X, oh whatever, wow who, that's how you think it's kind of who think it's kind of like a film twitter kind of oscar baby movie and not that good um, but other people really, really love it. I haven't watched it yet. I, I can't wait to see like it. it. Yeah, I'm assuming I'll like it. But um, they, the people that did love it, it was this was like a big f you <laughs> to some of them I, that were like, like, hey, you know, this. They think they think the film escapes beyond like film Twitter hype because sometimes there is that where right uh, a lot of people who see these things early will generate a lot of buzz for certain movies, and really it's just you know us that really liked it and maybe <laughs> right. not the masses um, i've seen this all over the year though past lives for, for a while too yeah and it, and it kind of was one of those like kind of earliest ones too that people thought you know they might forget and they didn't so um yeah none of these are surprising to me except for maybe the zone of interest, maybe zone of interest yeah 
that, but that's only because I haven't really, you know, paid attention to its gradual rise uh, right. during award season. One to but, check out uh, for sure. But uh, I already know who you got for drama, so I was going to ask you who you want to win, but I'm um, pretty sure it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, right now it's Oppenheimer. I'm expecting you to stay that way, although I am very much looking forward to – I've only seen two of those six nominees. Very much looking forward to Maestro and those three foreign language films are, have all been on my list. Uh, it's just a matter of when I can access them. But right now with the two I've seen, I'm Oppenheimer over Killers of the Flower Moon. But are you leaning one way yet? Uh Oppenheimer right now, but I need to see it. I'm not opposed. I'm not rooted necessarily and like unwilling to change, but that's where it's at yeah. now. And I think I need to watch Killers of the Fire Moon again, even though it's all that would be a chore. <laughs> <It's> but a <laughs> I, but, <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, you know, but I'll if I can make that happen, yeah, I agree. For the, for the Academy Awards, I will do that. Um, so I guess, uh, what's next is best picture musical or comedy because the Golden Globes. Which I wish all the major award shows did would separate uh, the genres kind of because it's hard for like comedies to get in usually. True. They really got to be standouts. And then, and then also the Golden Globes has a very loose definition of what a comedy is. Um, some of these make sense. So you got Barbie, uh, Poor Things, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May December, and Air. Uh, Several in there. <laughs> I'm like, how is this considered a, a comedy? A comedy. So um, I learned a couple of things today. Uh, and one of the nominations we'll find out later, Saltburn, they were, they were considering a drama because uh, Barry, Barry Hewen got nominated as Best Actor Drama. So I mm-hmm. thought they were going to consider that a comedy because it seems like it was kind of like a dark comedy. And yeah. if made and if made December is a comedy, then I really thought Saltburn would be like there are moments of camp in May December and it does kind of there are funny moments, but overall right. it's there's a lot of drama in it too so i don't know how they weighed that uh, a lot of people online today kept just posting the poster and they're like this is not a comedy <laughs> and they were just like really upset about it they're not saying that it's not a good film they like enjoy right. it but they don't they just didn't see the humor i guess at, there is some obvious camp though in it um and some people did try to point that out but I, whether or not how much of that they consider like makes it a full-fledged comedy is you know up to them but it's weird i wouldn't call it one overall but right i like struggle justifying like even the holdovers as a comedy too it's more of a comedy than may december seems to be at least but not very yeah. much of the heart of drama but who and, knows and i guess air as well because i saw yeah. that too and um man there's like a three like maybe three moments that i was like oh that's kind of it you chuckle but same in Oppenheimer, more, right same amount yeah, of laughs. yeah <laughs> right right not a comedy it, at all <laughs> so it's a weird it's a weird uh mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know i i i like i mean when you whenever you watch May december you can let me know like if you <laughs> notice like the, the camp and all that and them kind of poking fun at certain things mm-hmm. maybe but mo- some of that runtime is there is pure drama in it so no i was surprised to see it in that category happy it's nominated happy for all the movies that were nominated but it's you know it's it's odd but when you expect that with the hollywood Um, dress i will mention one snub here because it was a big one today um everyone thought the color purple was going to get in here um Mm. and uh they consider that a major major snub you know especially because like the producing people power behind it it's oprah winfrey and steven spielberg producing the movie yeah. um and and then going globes usually love big musicals like this they did nominate two of the actresses from it um i'm trying i'm thinking that air took its spot 
yeah of 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 these of these movies maybe american fiction but i'm going with air taking okay. its uh spot overall but that was like one of the bigger snubs of the day was the color mm-hmm. purple i haven't watched it yet so i you know still have to can't gauge that but that's what i'm thinking I was disappointed not to see Saltburn there in either category, but maybe not as big of a snub. It got some love in other categories, but uh, yeah, yeah two, two films we would have liked to have seen in there too. Um, but for Best Director Motion Picture, um, awesome for Bradley Cooper. He's in there for Maestro, which he directed and starred in. Uh, Greta Gerwig, of course, for Barbie. That was um, alluded to for a long time now. Same with Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer. So both of our Barbenheimer directors got nominations. Uh that crazy Greek Yorgos Lanthimos report things has a nomination too. Love his work. Excited for him. Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't think anyone's surprised about that. Yep. And then Celine Song and her debut for Past Lives gets a nomination for directing. That's fantastic for her. Yeah, that is amazing. And uh, this kind of looks like how it might look, save maybe one. I've seen you know Alexander Payne's name pop up for holdovers. Yeah. That could be one that does. But this kind of looks like what we'll see who do you I take think. out for this if you're gonna do it if the if it's the oscars uh, who's who are you well, taking I, out it's hard eh? i i would <laughs> i mean i haven't seen past lives but i guess it would be celine just based on what other people have said right it'd probably be celine song for past lives but i also don't want to take that from her i mean if the debut is as yeah. good as they say it is and she should be there um but yeah i kind of think this is kind of what we're gonna get and I, I don't know. I would have to look this up. If we did get two female directing nominees. Uh, Is that a record? And to say, I, I would think so. Uh-huh. Um, I would have to look it up, but I, it seemed like it would be. I mean, we can barely get a, get one. <laughs> so right. yeah, I, one is a milestone. Get, and, you know, um, I but yeah, mm-hmm. this kind of, I mean, it also depends on how many. Because we had one, two, three, four, five, six for the Golden Globes. If mm. they go, if Oscars just go five, then... I don't know. I guess it would be song, Celine Song that misses it. I, but I, I agree. We'll, well, we'll see. Tough category, though. It's pretty competitive. Yeah, it's a competitive year in a lot of categories, which is you like to see. It sucks for the ones that don't make it in, but it's nice to yeah. not have a clear winner. Uh, <clears throat> then best screenplay, we have Barbie, Squirtle Gerwig, and Noah Baumbach, uh, Tony McNamara for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Again, Celine Song for Past Lives. And uh, Justine Tritt and Arthur Harari for Anatomy of a Fall. I the only surprise that I see here is I thought maybe the holdover screenplay would make it in here and are uh May December because it's also picked up some oh, yeah, uh, screenplay uh, for some screenplay nominations, but that's my only hmm. I guess snub, and it's not a huge one, but um, I was expecting to see one or both of them there. Uh, what do you think of the screenplay? Again, it's hard to argue against these picks. Again, like Celine Song, great for her for for busting in there on her debut with uh, directing and screenplay nomination. Yeah. But I can't really comment on a few of these because I haven't seen them. I'm sure I'm not surprised to see a lot of these nominated. But I, as far as like who I'm removing, I, I guess I won't really know until uh, I see a few more of these movies. Which again, Cam and I were talking about this earlier. We got a lot of watches to get in in December if I'm expecting to get all of these watches in by the show on the seventh, it's going to be a dense schedule, but uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't know who I'm taking out. They're all deserved. They feel, and yet there's still so many that feel like they were snubbed. It's just impossible, but six is a nice number. It's better than five. Yeah, I agree. I know some people will jump to that and say that, you know, it makes it less of a competition. Like it should stay Mm. five, but I'm cool with six. 
Um, then you guess you're, yeah, you're up. Yeah, Fine. next for best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, we've got uh, Bradley Cooper again nominated for Maestro. Our lead, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, very much rooting for him. Although I think I don't think it's as much of a lock as I thought it was in July. It seemed like <laughs> a big one in July, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, hard to call this like surprise because it's Leonardo DiCaprio, and I think nearly every single one of his performances is nominated, save yeah. maybe his role in uh, Don't Look Up in 2021. But I wouldn't have been mad not seeing him nominated here. I think he carries a lot of the film, but I just wasn't impressed with him. And he's my favorite actor. So don't take this as shade Leo fans, yeah, yeah. but I just wasn't like, I guess impressed, but maybe that's because he sets the bar quite high, but he's nominated for, for best actor in a drama. And we got Coleman Domingo and Rustin, which is one of those movies that sl uh, slipped through my radar this year. I don't have much to say about it. Um, Andrew Scott and all the strangers. I've heard a lot of good things about the movie. Um, yeah. we don't know much about it yet either. And then very happy for our board, Barry Keegan or Keoghan, uh, for Saltburn. <laughs> I think that would have been very, very detrimental for him not to have been nominated. He goes to some crazy lengths in that movie. Happy to see him with a, uh, a lead acting nomination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by going through basic, like, yeah, he does. He earned his, uh, nomination. Yeah. If you know, like, you know, going, go, yeah, going, going the extra mile uh, yeah. for the work. Um, I was happy to see him there. I was because I thought Saltburn could possibly get shut out completely. So I'm glad. Well, I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad. Um, it um, I'm with you on Leonardo DiCaprio because he's one of my favorite actors too. And it's not like I didn't think he was bad. He wasn't bad in the movie no, at all. It just by no means. Just, I just didn't think he was one of his best performances. No, uh, you know, ever. And uh, you know, the rest of it kind of looks like I've heard a lot of good things about all of us strangers and Andrew Scott. A lot of people have been pointing him out. Uh, I need to watch Rustin. It's on Netflix. I okay. just watch it. Um, still need to, again. I'm like you, even though I'm even though I've watched more of these, there's still a hmm. lot I haven't watched too, and there's you know only so much time to do it. Um, but yeah, I would say the big surprise would be, and that's weird to say that Leonardo DiCaprio is a surprise, but <laughs> I know, right? But I know some people might say Coleman Domingo might be for Rustin, but some people were calling calling that too. So okay. it'd probably be between the two of them as being a surprise. Um, a lot of people think this comes down to Bradley Cooper and uh, Killian Murphy, though, uh, in the long run. But we shall see. I agree with you. I thought Killian Murphy was like a lock in July. I thought no one else was going right. to compete with him, really. Well, we've had a lot I, of good releases since then. <laughs> and I kind of want to see him win. Uh, but, you know. It'd be, it'd be, uh, we don't have nice long to wait like to find out. It. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama: Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Sandra Huller or Huller because it's French, <laughs> and then we have a fall. Uh, Annette Bening. Uh, is this supposed to be called? Is it NYAD or just Nyad? Uh, I was wondering swimming, myself. It's, I was. It's a, it's a swimming one. I got, I got their four-year consideration package. I never watched. Oh, it okay. Because I didn't have time. I hadn't heard about movie. it until the nominations came out, so I was waiting to see how you were going to pronounce it. In my head, I was saying Yad, <laughs> but I don't know what that's supposed to be. Uh, Greta Lee, uh, Lee for Past Lives. And is this Kylie? Is it Spainy? I guess. Uh, that's how, yeah. Name? Uh, for Priscilla. And uh, I'm going to call two surprises, and it's uh, Kylie here for Priscilla and Annette Benning. Uh being okay. the two surprises for me, uh, even though there I knew someone said it was an outside shot that uh, Priscilla could pull one and be her because the Golden Globes okay. likes based on true stories and like sometimes award season really likes you know movies based on real people. Um, 
this seems like this is Lily Gladstone's though, because she's been picking them yeah, up left and right. Very much so. Um, but yeah, another uh competitive uh, uh category though. But I think Lily's got it unless something crazy happens. They uh, I've heard her coast this competition is Carrie Mulligan and Maestro though. They said she even steals the movie from Bradley Cooper in okay. certain moments. So like so nice. yeah. So uh yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, many I haven't seen. Uh, I think I've only seen one of these performances. Uh, I would have to say where things are at now. I also think Lily Gladstone has it in the bag, but um, not surprised to hear Carrie Mulligan will be giving her a run for her money. I think uh, those two lead performances in that movie are going to be incredible, as I'm sure all yeah. the nominees are. I'm going to try and see as many as I can before the time comes, but um, there's several too in uh, Best Performance by an Actress in Motion Picture Musical or, musical or Comedy that I've not seen. Um, I'm sure many people are happy to see Jennifer Lawrence nominated for her role in No Hard Feelings. Some good luck yeah, for that that's movie. Cool. Probably yeah. it's the only nomination, I think. Yeah. Um, Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple, as you'd mentioned. Uh, Natalie Portman for May, December. I'm sure it comes as no surprise. You've seen it, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, this is a different one. I'm not sure if this is a where this name hails from, but Alma Poisty for Fallen Leaves. Oh. Hopefully I said that somewhat mm -hmm. correctly. Margot Robbie, of course, for Barbie and Emma Stone for Poor Things are two that I don't think anyone was surprised to see either. See, by the way, Emma Stone got two nominations today. She was nominated for The Curse on Showtime as well. Yeah. In addition to this, um, and she's having a, Great another, year for yeah, her. another yeah. moment. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, they were they campaigned hard for her for No Hard Feelings, and they specifically campaigned for a Golden Globe. I think they knew that like she wasn't going to get any Oscar <laughs> for that. Right. But they. they but it is a you know she carries the whole movie on her comedic performance, so like it's cool that uh, she made it in. Um, Natalie Portman of the three, because her character is like an actress, and she does kind of poke fun at like actors that go method, and you can okay. tell that she's having fun. You can tell that she's having fun, kind of toying with that a little bit. So it is a if there is some funny stuff, it's very subtle coming from her. Okay, um, but. Again, that's the whole May December is it a comedy thing, and I think it's still kind of kind of weird. Um, and uh, I haven't seen the color purple yet, and our fallen leaves, so I can't judge those uh, are poor things. But uh, I like I like the lineup of women though. Like it seems like it'd be a really stiff competition as well. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the Emma Stone since she kind of is like they if she overall if she gets nominated for an Oscar, it's more than likely that Emma Stone will. So I can see her winning in this category as like being the front runner, right? Of the of the From what I've heard too. But I like that Natalie Portman is like sneaking in because a lot of people said that her performance is kind of too understated to get in. She has one really big moment towards the end of the movie. It's like a really good monologue. I think it's like two or three minutes that she okay go kind of. It's like really really good. But compared to like uh, Julianne Moore and then Charles Melton, uh, she has the least emotive work of the trio I see. but it's okay. all but it's still very but it's still very good though like what she's doing is good so i'm, I'm glad that she was able to sneak in there uh with a nomination as well and uh i like the lineup and on, kudos to finish burrito because like uh my mom is a big fan of american idol and i forget which one she won i think it was season three or something like that back in the day oh wow and, okay that was, and wow she, yeah and she you know fantasia, fantasia had uh was like a came from nothing down her luck kind of uh personality wins american idol becomes like an rb like star for a minute and then kind of falls off and then she gets cast in the broadway version of the color purple 
and uh, gets a bit of a resurgence from that. And then they brought her back from the movie, and now she is uh, getting Golden Globe you know, oh, oh, yeah, an awards <laughs> buzz for her. So good for her. The Fantasia Sons, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, <laughs> everyone should have everyone should have one. <laughs> yeah, some kind of renaissance for their career. Um, so best performance by an actor in a motion picture, music, or comedy: Nicholas Cage for Dream Scenario, Timothy Chalamet for Wonka, Matt Damon for Air, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Joaquin Phoenix for Bo is Afraid, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Um, I'm surprised by a couple on here, especially not necessarily for Joaquin Phoenix, but for the movie and the performance that he was nominated in. I think a lot of people, when they see or heard his name, if you were listening live, were expecting Napoleon after Napoleon? that. Yeah. Though I'm not like after you think about that for a second, if you've seen both movies, his performance in Bo is Afraid, I would say it's definitely the better one. Not to his fault in Napoleon. I think that he gets more of a fleshed out full character in Bo is Afraid. But I. Right just thought all the chances of that movie getting any sort of awards love was long in the rear view. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he necessarily is going to be like a front runner by any means, but also Timothy Chalamet for Wonka from what I've heard. Anyway, I didn't think he was going to get, I feel maybe... like that's like a golden globe default nomination. Like, yeah, oh, perhaps. You're, like you're, yeah. you're in a musical and you're popular because they do that. Uh, I've heard different things. I've heard that he's really good. And I've heard from other people that kind of miscast, but, uh, yeah, I've heard overall this more like net negative about the movie. Not that it's like poorly helmed, but that it sort of feels unwarranted and odd and yeah. not very like in good spirits, if you will. So I'm just, I didn't know if I was going to see anything from Wonka, but here we are. Good for you, Timothy yep. Chalamet. Yeah, and I, I think I'm rooting for Paul Giamatti for the holdovers if I have to pick right now. Right now, um, me too. Yeah. Yeah, over this. Because then there, there's Matt Damon yeah. with that air performance again. It's it's a comedy, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm excited though to see Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario. That movie's really got its hooks in me, and I cannot wait to see it. Another wacky A24. Yeah, and good review so far as well. Too. Yeah. All right, um, what you got next? That brings us to Best Supporting Actor, Motion Picture, and we've got Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, for Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm sure a lot of people were expecting that too. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer was an early favorite. I'm still very much hoping that he gets some some sort of awards for that because his performance is fantastic. Ryan Gosling for Barbie, so that answers the long-awaited question if he would sneak in there. Good for him. Um, you've predicted this, Charles Melton, May, December, and then now rounding out our cast, Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Looks like all the Significant like every major, every, yeah. yeah, every major performer got nominated from Portland. like Succession. Same case with that show. Yeah, yeah, same thing with that show. Yeah. Except for one dude. Except for Nicholas Braun, who got left out. Oh, okay. Um, I don't uh, know who he is. Uh, yeah, he uh, he plays cousin Greg on the show, but okay. he was the only like lead, like main ensemble cast member that didn't get nominated today. Oh damn. Um, this kind of looks like I think it would look. The only one I maybe would possibly take out because he's been in and out of it is Robert De Niro. He's like been in and out of a few of them. But, okay. Yeah. This, but this actually looks pretty much in line. Maybe Willem Dafoe too, because I haven't seen his name popped up a lot. But um, I, w I mean, I, early on I was rooting for Ryan Gosling, and then I was kind of rooting for Robert Downey Jr. And then I've been rooting for Charles Milton because since I've seen May <laughs> December. Right. Um, so, but again, I've been rooting for at least three of these people. So one of them, if one of them wins, I'll be I'll be happy with it. Um. But yeah, I mean, I know that you are you like Robert Downey Jr. was probably one of your favorites of this that you've seen. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's only two performances I've seen, um, but I just love him and I love his role in that movie, but I don't really know who this race belongs to yet. You got to see a couple more of the performances, but between him and Robert De Niro. Yeah. I think I'm leaning Downey Jr. And then uh, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Daniel Brooks, The Color Purple, Jodie Foster, uh, Yad, or NYAD. It's a swimming <laughs> movie. Sorry, guys. Uh, Julianne Moore, May, December. That means that every, the three uh, leads got nominated for May, December. Uh, Rosamund Pike, Saltburn, and Devoy, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Is that any uh, surprise? Who's that going to? <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to Divine Joy Randolph. Uh, I mean, even though I've heard I heard good things about Daniel Brooks and the Color Purple. The big thing about Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer, she has one really great scene uh, towards the end of the movie, and there's been like a lot of complaints that Christopher Nolan doesn't write female characters well. Um, I think well, I'm not and, arguing that. I see that and, criticism, and maybe um, a weakness. I think more of it more than it should be criticized. It's just not a specialty as female characters. Yeah. So I mean. I think she does a, a good job of what she's given. It's not really a fully fleshed out role. And I think she has like one moment. That's like her moment in the movie, but mm. um, I, I'm glad to see her there, but though, cause I did like her performance. It's just that it's so weird that that's the one thing that Christopher Nolan doesn't do entirely well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though, even though he's a really good filmmaker, he does not know how to write women that well. But, and I, you know, what's funny is like at this point in his career, I feel like, he should maybe get help with doing it. <laughs> like I, 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 I don't know. Like, like be okay with like having like a female uh, co-writer, like kind of flesh out the female roles. Cause uh, it, uh, I see the complaint a lot where they feel like it, it's almost like a boys club in his movies. And the, yeah, you know, the girl, the girls kind of get shortchanged, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. But um, I actually am happy. She won't win. I don't think, but Rosamund Pike for Saltburn Cause she cracked me up. Uh, yes, there were several female performances in that movie <laughs> that I thought were really worthwhile. Um, I not can't remember the name eludes me right now. Who played um, oh, uh, Jacob? Alou- yeah, Venetia. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she was really uh, good. She yeah. was fantastic too. So I could have. Uh, I'm yeah. glad one of them at least was nominated for Saltburn. Rosamund Pike was very. She was a treat. And most of her stuff is comedic, which is why I thought Saltburn was. A yeah, that's comedy. a good point too. Not, yeah, it is a dark comedy. drama. There you go. Yeah, like she has some great needle drop lines in the movie. Like they gave her some really good stuff to kind of mm. spurt, <laughs> and yes. I thought she was really good. Um, but I think Divine Joy Randolph, if there is a front runner in any category, it's her in this one. Yeah, and it'd be really deserving because I think I, the more I think about it, the more I liked her in the movie. Like agreed. A She's definitely the closest, like you said, the closest of any category. I think acting wise. Yeah. Um, to win and then with the tv stuff we're not going to go through like the individual performances but the shows that uh we'll let you know what the shows were that were nominated for the major awards um just in case you care um if you happen to watch any of these shows um i watched some of them um i will say this about succession i saw a lot of people today that were like low-key happy that this will be the last year they'll be nominated for stuff because they were like they don't think it's fair that it dominates like especially categories that it dominates like three of the five slots or something like that they're like yeah it, they want their wealth to be spread out for sure and it had its run for sure yeah time is behind it but um, um do you want me you want me to take the uh yeah for sure yeah because okay. i jumped down a little bit but let's cover best uh, okay. television series drama so uh 1923 which is the yellowstone uh prequel series from uh, one of Tyler them Sheridan. 
Uh, yeah, one of them. He has a lot. Uh, with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. Uh, the Crown on Netflix. The Diplomat with Carrie Russell on Netflix. The Last of Us on HBO. The Morning Show on Apple TV Plus, and of course, Succession. Um, I actually really liked the last season of Succession, but then I and I watched The Last of Us. I finished it. Also, yep. really enjoy that. I've been off and on about the morning show. I haven't completed it yet. It has some really good moments and some really like not so good ones. Okay. Um, and and I haven't watched uh, the Diplomat, the Crown, or 1923. Um, but I think it's I got no dog that, in this fight at all. I think it's interesting that the Yellowstone prequel series uh, was pulled off a nomination quicker than the actual Yellowstone series. It took a while for that series to be acknowledged by any nominating body, but this uh, and nothing this, this year one. for it. Yeah. Um. So. There's that, and then, um, and I guess I'll, I'll just read the, the television series musical sure. comedy too. Uh, the Bear, what I've, I've heard also is not entirely mm. a comedy either. But uh, Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary, which is amazing, and the only network TV show to be nominated, uh, uh-huh. uh in, in, all the Globes, uh, Jury Duty, which I heard great things about, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it was really good. Uh, only Murders in the Building and Barry. Yeah, the last um, two, too, have gotten lots of nominations over the years, too. Yeah, and I'm really rooting for Abbott Elementary because it is a truly funny show. It's pretty much like The Office, but with like set in like a school about teachers. And <laughs> That's it's, pretty cool. And it's hilarious. And I heard jury duty is really... I just love the concept that everyone else is acting, and this guy thinks he's on a real jury trial, and he's real, and then everyone else, it's all kind of like a... It's fake, but he doesn't know it. Uh, so it's uh, I heard the, the concept is just really amusing, and I actually really like Only Murders in the Building. And I guess the only thing I will mention about that finally, all three leads were nominated uh, for the Golden Globe. Usually, Selena Gomez is left out, but she was nominated today, and so was Martin uh, Short and Steve Martin. And then uh, Meryl Streep got a record thirty third Golden Globe nomination for her supporting role in season three. Which, yeah, I didn't realize she was in that show at all until today, but uh, I didn't realize that she now has a record. That's quite impressive for her. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And yeah. they said she broke her own record, too, by the way. Of course. <laughs> her her own record. And then when she gets um, another nomination, probably next year. Make her own. She just keeps breaking her own record. Yeah. Um, uh, what did you skip down to, though? Uh, I'm jumping down now to best original score for a motion picture. So skipping okay, to some gotcha. TV um this i'm very happy and not at all surprised to see because i still regularly listen to the sound or the score for oppenheimer but ludwig Göransson is nominated for his score in oppenheimer the titular uh score from that movie actually is quite amazing it's so good um jerskin fendrix for poor things very excited to hear that score once i get around to seeing that movie robbie robertson who had also done the irishman score is nominated for killers of the flower moon Yep. Mika or Micah Levi, I'm not sure how to pronounce it for the zone of interest. That Jonathan Glazer's movies have very odd scores and they're very fitting for the tone of his movie. So I cannot wait to hear that score. Uh, we got Daniel Pemberton nominated for his work on Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which is fantastic too. They have really good music. Yeah. All these are going to be fantastic. And then finally, rounding it out is uh, Joe Hisaishi. I think uh, for the boy and the heron, uh, which I'm very much excited to see. I was supposed to be seeing that tomorrow uh, as a recording, but uh, I think we got to postpone, but cannot wait to see that. I'm going to 
might be seeing it in the English dub version. It's actually coming to my local theater, which I'm just happy enough about. I've never been. That's crazy that that one's yeah. coming, but like Godzilla minus one. Then I might be going to a neighboring city uh, on the weekend oh. to go see Godzilla minus one actually with Cam. So I'm hoping oh, nice. that ends up happening, but I'll be seeing one of those two movies this week and I cannot wait. But uh, the boy in the hair will be Hiao Miyazaki's, you know, final movie so i'm glad to at least grateful to be able to see a movie of his since i've been a film lover because yeah. i've not seen he's had a long hiatus as well so and cannot that wait. also got nominated for best picture uh best animated motion picture along yes. with elemental and spider-man across the spider-verse the super mario brothers movie uh suzumi and wish um wish has a 48 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> i realize i realize it's disney i'm just saying that teenage mutant Ninja turtles mutant mayhem should be there instead because it was a better yeah animated movie but they got i guess they have to represent disney and the one what i wanted to, i want to mention this category only because yeah, i know where you're going it, and i want to talk about it too because i think it's fucking ridiculous and just a way to <laughs> a way to get certain people to show up and then also to get maybe people to watch the show that don't care about like that is a good explanation for what is going on here because i've been racking my brain over why this because, category was added this is the first year of this category the right? first year they're doing it and all this category because there's no merit here other than congratulations you made money and i don't understand like what else it has and to offer a few of these are like considered not financially successful so i'm like surprised yeah there's one there's one in particular that they went all i mean even though i think it did decent enough considering right. it was working against it it you know, most of the stories about it is and from Variety, oddly enough, was that it kind of <laughs> yeah. underperformed. But they have added the new category called uh, cinematic and box office achievement. And I like, like I said earlier, I think it is just for congratulations, your movie made money. Yeah. And uh, Barbie's in this category, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Debt Reckoning Part 1. Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Taylor Swift, the Ears <laughs> Tour. I'm assuming yeah. she's there because they want her to show up. Battle um, boost ratings, that's <laughs> insane. That, that's a great point. Yeah, and if we're talking pure box office achievement, I guess there's no brainer who's going to win. It'd be Barbie because it was the right. highest grossing movie of the year worldwide. But I don't know yeah. what the other criteria is. Like if they have other, you know criteria because it said it says cinematic and boxing box office which i feel is contradictory you have like movies in here that i think did well at the box office but i don't think what is what do they mean by cinematic i don't think that just because your movie made a lot of money or performed well at the box office that it means it's a cinematic achievement if we're talking about the fundamentals of filmmaking you know those yeah things do not necessarily mean or you know coincide with another so yeah but again yeah. guardians 3 and um mission impossible dead reckoning part one i'm surprised to see on here because neither were that's like yeah they made lots of money but relative to their budgets they were considered failures well, yeah. if you will and, or I, guess, and I guess failures. If, and i guess if you're talking like so with guardians 3 i guess what we, what we found out what you shared with me was that it was the only movie that that costs you know, over two hundred million dollars that right turns turns some kind of a profit, right? So will that will that be part of the criteria of like, oh, look at what you did with a two hundred million dollar budget? But that is you... like not great company to be <laughs> yeah. in. Why are you being recognized? Yeah. For that? It should honestly, cost a billion. And at this point, I feel like Oppenheimer and Barbie should win this together. I guess. Together, I yeah. Mean, they they kind of piggybacked off each other. I will say, um, we never got to talk about it, but that whole actors on actors thing with Margot Robbie and right. Kelly Murphy, where she mentioned that. Uh, Oppenheimer producer 
called her and basically asked them to move their date. And she was like, well, no, if you're scared to go up against us, you move your date. And I thought that was cool that she was like, I'm not backing yeah. down. And in the end, it worked out for both movies because like she even mentioned the Killian Murphy in that interview that like that wasn't something that was something that was out of their control. That was something that the Internet created. And yeah, the most positive thing that, you know, it's not always positive on the Internet. And it really, <laughs> it really helped. It really helped these two movies probably do a lot, at least in those initial two, three weekends i think definitely maybe maybe just it could be just two but like i think uh it they help that helps each other they help each other a lot and um i it'd be weird to can it'd be weird because i know barbie's gonna win this unless they want to be silly about it but it feel weird to just congratulate her her that movie and not Oppenheimer mm-hmm. because it was like a it felt like a a joint venture if you will. absolutely <laughs> did uh, i think both yeah although barbie you know, escaped with the higher box office revenue. I think both Oppenheimer and Barbie, like the amount of money that they made, especially considering like, I think there's something to be said about Oppenheimer being the highest grossing R-rated movie that had that going against it. It's a three hour, you know, wordy, dense biopic still made just shy of a billion. Like that's quite impressive too. Uh, But I agree. Like if you're going to give it to one of those, give it to both because they really piggybacked off each other. But interesting category. You're, You're totally right though about, why it's there it's to boost ratings i don't know why that hadn't occurred to me but with that taylor swift heiress tour nomination now whether they, or not i just she want bites, her to go yeah that's a different story and yeah and by the way we're not saying that what the box office achievement that she achieved with that movie it, it was six, i mean mm. a 92 million dollar opening for a concert movie is insane <laughs> yeah and, true. and the fact and the fact that she bypassed the studio system also good on her and all the money that it made was all made on weekends it didn't play during the week during its whole uh <laughs> that is actually insane the thing about that is so, quite impressive so it is pretty impressive but i i think the intention is just to get her to go well for the <laughs> and, sake uh, of the hollywood foreign press hopefully the kansas city chiefs do not have a game on january the 7th or their fox oh there we go because she <laughs> yeah she'll be showing up to that instead yeah uh god in their mind they're probably just be like oh i hope that we can get them both to show up <laughs> together yeah exactly <laughs> um uh but yes uh those are uh, of course if you want to like get the full list of nominations you can go to the variety deadline they're everywhere right now um and we didn't cover some of the TV stuff because we don't typically cover TV. Uh, right. Every now and then, you know, when we feel like it, sure. <laughs> we cover sure. some TV. This would be a full length um, episode the, if we covered them all. It would. Uh, but the Golden Globe Awards will be on January 7th, uh, which is the day after the Asher Awards, which I'm going to on the Saturday. So it's going to be a busy oh, yeah. weekend. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very busy weekend. And uh, you have less than a month to watch some of these movies. So there you oh, go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Rest in peace to our free time. It'll be spent at the screen for sure <laughs> yeah for sure all right buddy yeah. sign us on off all right guys thanks for tuning in and listening and to our reaction for the golden globe nominations and as gaya said if you want to check out the full list uh we were reading from variety but it's all over the internet if you haven't seen it by now but let us know too what you think if you are surprised by any snubs or to see any names in there that you wish were there let us know thanks again for tuning in guys and stay tuned to our other episodes that we have coming at you guys for the rest of the holiday season take care guys peace